Welcome back to the Mom Mentality Show. My name is Austin Chadwick and co-host is uh, Chris Lucian. And today uh, we're going to be uh, responding to some feedback from the community. Uh, so uh, John, uh, we'll put his uh, link in the show notes and uh, his tweet. He asked us, uh, uh, we'd like to see some more specific details, like what goes on in learning time. Uh, so we're going to jump into that today and tell some stories of uh, what happens during our dedicated learning time. And so I guess to kick it off, Chris, can you give like a really short description of dedicated learning time and then jump into some examples? It'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so dedicated learning time, you know, essentially is exactly that, right? So you you set aside time that the team is going to be learning. And typically this is not something that you sacrifice because there was overtime or your schedule is crunched or, or, or whatever, right? It's, it's kind of a sharpening of the saw opportunity. Uh, this idea that you can improve your skills to move faster. And it's, there's a concrete, I think, idea that doing the dedicated learning time will net you uh, a, a better speed than using that time to do development. So like that, I, I think that's like a key concept of it, but uh, set aside a certain number of hours. So for our team, it's uh, essentially seven hours a week, an hour each weekday, and then two hours on the end of the day on Friday. And it, you know, I think maybe started, uh, you know, pretty strict uh, and, and, you know, round robin um, strong style pairing practices uh, that, you know, worked on, tic-tac-toe katas and things like that and then gradually as the team uh, became uh, you know more and more involved there were different practices that kind of came out of it uh, maybe I'll, I'll tell a, a you know a bit of a story about the 12 days of uh, index which is a pretty interesting thing uh, when we first started doing these sorts of things um, and uh, it it was basically you know um, in general these are deliberate practices that can sessions that can lead to the team being faster. I don't know if you want any, anything you want to add to that, Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think, um, you know, specific examples that come to mind for me, or were you asking specifically about the index thing? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, specifically uh, about your thoughts on what learning time is, you know, maybe ah, gotcha. as an abstract in the abstract. Yes. And so, yeah, I think, you know, I won't go too deep into it because we have a kind of an episode describing why. And so we'll link that in the show notes as well. But I think it's basically uh, to uh, incentivize innovation and growth and learning without people having to have to do it in their overtime, which only people with certain uh, work-life balances can afford to learn outside of work. (laughs) So, uh, and it actually incentivized people with a very busy lives outside of work to not grow and not get better in a lot of things. And so it's just time set aside for that uh, to increase the innovation and increase the learning in your culture and your organization. And so, um, yeah. And so some examples that come to mind for me uh, on how it gets used is, uh, you know, one, one really simple example is just solo learning, right? And so that could be um, hey, I got a little code project. You know, I want to learn about technology stack XYZ. So I'm going to create a little app using that technology stack XYZ. It's going to be very hands-on. You create it, you do it. I've seen people do a lot of passion projects where like, oh, I have this hobby A on the side. And so I'm going to make, I'm going to learn this tech stack, making an app about this hobby. 
I've also seen it done for jokes, <laughs> internal inside jokes and, and things. And so, uh, but they really learn the technology really, really well, and then do something fun alongside of it. I've seen people do it for things that directly apply and become ultimately become production code. Uh, can be very uh, hands off as far as just gaining new information. So it could be watching videos, doing plural site courses, or uh, Udemy, and or any of these other things. Uh, and so um, reading books, listen to the audiobooks. Uh, it could tie into someone's growth goals. So they, uh, we have a process for people. Um, you know, work with a mentor, work with others, and collectively discover, hey, I want to get better interpersonal skills. So they might read Crucial Conversations or Five Dysfunctions of a Team uh, or Craftsmanship, right? So they might read a book on design patterns. Uh, so those are uh, some of the solo things that come to mind uh, for me. And then before we jump to collective examples, uh, any other solo things jump out to you, Chris? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know, just in general, uh, like the title of the book, but but in in actuality, automating the boring stuff. So, uh, you know, it it might just be an exercise in learning to uh, take something that you do repetitively and automate it. Mm. Um, you know, even as you know, so so it's not quite maybe learning uh, directly, but I think that if you had a really clear idea of how you would automate something that you do on a regular basis it would, you know, you would have done it already, right? So I, I think mm -hmm. that there's this idea that there's probably things that you do repetitively that you haven't automated that you could potentially automate. And, and maybe that's, you know, learning uh, OCR or something, you know, character recognition to, to read <laughs> images and stuff. But uh, the main idea is, is that there's, there's probably some, some kind of stretch goal for you to, to even reduce the time you spend on other things in general. So um and big fan of books audiobooks those sorts of things and uh uh katas in general um that you could do by yourself or in a group nice nice right on yeah and i think what you said uh reminded me of what i've seen pretty often uh especially if you're uh on a small mob or team you know it's just a small group of people and you encounter a problem together while mobbing and then your time together to mob ends and immediately it's someone's learning time. Mm -hmm. And what I'll notice, and sometimes like I'm signing off because, you know, I do my learning time early in the morning before our mobbing sessions. So I'm starting to sign off, but I still see the AnyDesk session and you see someone in their learning time start to go automate a problem they saw because it was bothering them. Right. Yeah. And it's fun. You can totally do that in the non-learning time, so to speak. And there's, it should totally be done, but I see people, they recognize a problem and they just want to take care of it right now. Right. And so, um, and so it's, it, that's been really fun to see. And then you, you come to mob the next morning and, you, and they have this beautiful solution to present on, Hey, now we don't have to do that thing anymore because now it's automated or now it's obvious. You can just read it and you just read the code or you just read uh, the test. And it's just super obvious as what's going on where before it was kind of a mystery. Right. And so it's been, it's been really fun to see the interplay between the two things. Uh, where I think it's a good boost to autonomy. Um, you can do that. You have that autonomy to do it during mobbing time. Like, hey, I'm going to go try this thing or let's do this thing together. But it's nice that that time is set aside so the system is incentivizing it as opposed yeah. to it an interrupt-driven thing, right? Yeah, it's just I mean, like, in, in an yeah. environment without learning time, it's very unlikely that that would get done uh just because of interrupting the flow or crunch yeah. or whatever that might be 
And so, um, you know, very similar to uh, traffic jams on a freeway, if there is no slack in the system, then, uh, you know, certain optimizations mid-process just do not happen um, because you're just concentrated on moving forward five feet, but not hitting the car in front of you when they stop right away. And so, uh, you know, that traffic jam analogy is, is um, a very good observation from the perspective of both flow efficiency and lean software development. And I think that dedicated learning time or dedicated time for those activities uh, is extremely important. Nice, nice, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I have one final question for you, Chris, but before I get to that, uh, I wanted to share on the topic of collective learning. So it's not always solo. Uh, often groups will get together, you know, so it could be a, a book club, it could be a, uh, we often do an open space style learning uh, together where people put up topics, hey, I'm going to go in this virtual room and learn about X, Y, and Z, or Hey, I'm working with uh, you know uh, students at the college down the street. Does anybody want to join me and help help me and teach them test driven development? Uh, so you'll see collective uh, things pop up, and sometimes it's uh, uh, it could be just a problem from the regular uh, work that someone really wants to solve. They're really into it. And they want to solve it, and they want help. And so what it really helps with is when it's collective, is it starts to cross pollinate, right? And so you know it, it'll be interesting to see a topic post up. From another team and be like, oh, I can really help with that. I've also seen group learning sessions start because uh, someone has a problem in one team and they're reaching out for help uh, uh, to another team. And so what they'll do is they'll post a group learning together and then they'll go solve that problem together. And so there's been lots of, uh, I even saw one this morning, you'll see like a, a mob session start during learning time and you can see who's in it. And uh, you realize that um, they're cross-pollinating and learning and building on something that they're going to present to their mob. And uh, it just allows, it just gives a, a nice opportunity where someone doesn't feel like, ah, you know, it's, it's totally fine to break away from your mob and go help it out another mob, but it's nice to have space where you're not, again, interrupting. It's incentivizing that cross-pollinization as opposed to it, someone has to kind of swim upstream a little bit to make it happen. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, did, did you have any other uh, collective learning time examples? That come yeah, um, this, this is probably a good time for the 12 days of index uh, kind of discussion. Um, sure. So, you know, in early days of mobbing, you know, this would have been 10 years ago. Uh, you know, we, we a lot of the team wrote a lot of ASP.NET um, and uh, we transitioned to uh, MVC. And in that, uh, you know, there were there were people on the team that, really had a hard time with it and others that it came very naturally. And so, uh, you know, there, there were developers on the team that just, it was, it was not super clicking. Right. And so it was like, okay, well, let's do uh, very similar to the 12 days of Christmas song where you kind of start over from the beginning every time and then re re go through all the, the process. We did the 12 days of index, which is like a, you know, an index action using razor views and ASP.NBC. Uh, and, and the paradigms were pretty different at the time between ASP.NET and, and ASP.NET MVC. And so, uh, you know, we, we would just kind of like throw it away each day, start over and just try and re rewrite the action, uh, over and over again and start, you know, start each time. And so, um, you know, that 12 days style, I, I guess is what I, I call it, but, um, uh, and, and I think probably Woody had come up with that name. 
for it. Uh, but you know, the idea is, is that, you know, you kind of throw it away, start over, throw it, do a little bit more, throw it away, start over, do a little bit more. And, um, so that was a really great experience because, you know, everybody on the team got really good at just producing these things, you know, this, this pretty repetitive thing, but, and eventually it was completely automated. We just kind of reverse engineered database schemas later, but I don't think that would have been possible for anybody to follow had they not really totally understood how the MVC actions were working. So that, that was a really cool one. Um, so that 12 day style where like maybe somebody's closer to an expert, um, can work on it. And then uh, Willem Larson's um, uh, code cooking, which I really like and promote a lot, but uh, I don't think there's a lot out there written on it. But code cooking is this idea that somebody at kind of at an expert level teaches somebody at a novice level something that uh, is is done through um, a REPL. So it, it requires a REPL. Um, mm. And then the, the expert person writes a command into the REPL and then the novice person repeats it, but there is, you're not allowed to talk at all during this process. And then oh. you, the expert person just gets more and more advanced with the REPL. And if, if they can't uh, accomplish what it was, then they show a, a simpler example. And so you go down up and down in difficulty in the REPL and, and the person at the novice level is repeating those things as they go. And so that was a really cool experience and definitely something that you can do with two or more people. Um, and uh, also, uh, you know, just katas in general, I mentioned the tic-tac-toe kata, but also uh, Emily Bates's um, tennis refactoring kata and other refactoring katas are really cool because I think, um, you know, it's less common in our industry to run into people that have a lot of refactoring experience. Um, and yep. so th those are great. Uh, methods to get people together as a group and mob uh, those things. Cool. Well, I got one more question for you. And that is, let's get really relevant on what's happening right now, Chris. So what are you <laughs> doing in your learning time right now? <laughs> oh, uh, so let's see. Um, lots and lots of Python. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I've spent a lot of uh, you know, I do a lot of learning around um, the differences between uh, deep learning and shallow learning in Python. And um, also, uh, you know, a lot of books on innovation and, uh, you know, high level business uh, level organization. Um, the Innovator's Dilemma, I think, is one of the more recent books that I've read. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and then also joining other people for their learning sessions so that I can uh, hear about the things that they're experiencing and then participate in the learning as well. So how about you, Austin? <laughs> All right. Well, what I've been learning this week, I'm, I'm weird with my learning time. Some people will uh, focus on one thing and in each learning session, they're working on that one thing. I have this kind of like uh, rotation going on. I think it, in education circles, it's called a loop where you do like a little bit of this and then and then it's like, turn to the next page on learning B and then work on it and then go to learning the next learning and turn the page on that, you know? And so uh, the things I've been doing uh, is one, I've been going through, I'm almost through all the clean coder videos. Uh, so I'll put a link in the show notes. And so uh, the most recent one I'm doing has been on acceptance testing. Then I'll be jumping into F sharp. Uh, but a lot of them put, lay a really strong foundation on uh, test driven development and refactoring and, and agility and those kind of things. And so uh, yeah, so I think I'm about two thirds away through all those videos. So those have been great. Uh, I'm also been doing 
Uh, so I'm always, I'm always wanting to grow in refactoring and testing. And then the other area is whatever tech I'm working in right now. So uh, if you asked me a year ago, it was a lot of web and cloud. Uh, and right now it's a lot of uh, Python and database. <laughs> and so I just finished a Python course and I think I'll do a Python unit testing course next. Uh, and then uh, the other thing is uh, videos and books. Uh, so uh, I love doing audio, audiobook, because, uh, you know, um, for inside of work, you can just listen to it, right? And it's great. Uh, but even if you are going to try to, you know, sneak it in as in your regular life, is it just it, 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 if you're in a commute, if you drive, or if you're getting ready, or if you're alone in the house doing dishes, you know, you can listen to an audiobook anywhere. And so uh, I get about, uh, thanks to your uh, uh, suggestion, Chris, I'm now at two and a half speed on books. <laughs> I used to listen to them at one the speed. And if it's a really like high quality, like um, more storytelling book, I'll, I'll, I'll tune it down to one. But if it's a lot of just like expositional content, I'll bump it up to two and a half. And, uh, and so, yeah, lately I did, uh, I usually have a loop within that. So I'll go tech to... Uh, agility lean or generic business. And I just swap back and forth. And so I just did the pro pragmatic programmers book. And then I just finished a book on Netflix culture. And uh, now I'm doing a book uh, called death by meetings. Uh, so we can put links to the show notes in these, but uh, so a lot of uh, book recommendations sent to me, I'll, I'll get through them. I think I get about through a book, a book or two a month at that rate. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been really, really fun. And what's incredible is some of the stuff doesn't feel super relevant, but as soon as you learn it, you start seeing it everywhere, right? You know, and so, um, you know, uh, Death by Meaning is not a mob programming book uh, at all. But while you're mob programming, you realize like, oh, what makes discussion and interaction really engaging, you know, um, and what makes meetings really engaging? And, uh, and I guess in some ways, mobbing is kind of like a, a working meeting. So <laughs> yeah. have you ever uh, read anything on learning how to learn better? Oh, yes. <laughs> so the yes. reason I ask is because what you're reminding me of lessons that I learned from uh, Barbara Oakley's book about uh, interleafing or uh, Angela Duckworth of uh, and grit, right? And so um, mm. Uh, the regular rotation uh, can be referred to as interleafing. Um, mm. And, uh, and often it's paired with recall that maybe sometimes it's just context and, and, and pulling that stuff up again. Um, but, you know, I think a good place for some people to start is, you know, especially if you're going to start your way on this journey is start by learning how to learn. Um, and yeah. how does, you know, um, how does the human brain uh, do those things? And I think, it's kind of interesting because uh, I, I, I came, came about this sort of thinking in a roundabout way, because I, I think that uh, learning about machine learning improved my own actual learning because a lot of the machine mm -hmm. learning models are based off of the way that human brains work. And so I learned a lot about learning from machine learning and incorporated that into my own learning. But there are books out there that specifically studied the science of human learning that I think are really valuable reads as well um, that nice. can then lead into like why would you do a tic-tac-toe kata over and over again for months on end well it's yeah you know there's refinement and recall and a lot of things a lot of benefits that you get from doing that 
Yeah, exactly. And that goes to a book we both just read recently, uh, which is The Atomic Habit. So, <laughs> right. So developing habit. And uh, yeah. And so I'm kind of weird with education. You know, I've done some learning on kind of modern takes on it, you know, on learning and education. Those are very helpful. I've also done uh, kind of more of a, a side hobby uh, for my kids and my own life and family is learning uh, from education. So I've been, my wife's in the teaching space. I've been to education conferences with her. Uh, I've read books from ancient times from now, and it's really fun to see how often modern things are just rediscoveries of ancient things. And then they give cool new language to it. And people are like, Oh, I want to go do that. You know? And so, uh, and so it, it's pretty cool. And so even things like Socratic discussion, how, a mob is really engaging because it's kind of a Socratic discussion about code and how to have good Socratic discussions and ones that aren't uh, abrasive and, uh, you know, and so, and how conversation really helps you learn. Um, and so, yeah, a ton of stuff like that. But again, I think it's, it's one of those things where everything's connected, right? And there's no, there's no silo that's unrelated to nothing. Uh, maybe there are, but it's, it's hard to find them, I suppose. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. Absolutely. And uh, the, you know, so, so for all of you out there, uh, all of our viewers and listeners, um, you know, what do you think about learning and dedicated learning time during the workday? Um, please let us know. If you know somebody that you think this episode could really help them in their way they think about learning and, and being productive in general, then you might share this with them. And, uh, you know, please like, subscribe, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.